Welcome and bienvenue and welcome to The Musical Man, the podcast that shines new light on the Tony Award for Best Musical. Each week we examine the nominees and winners of that esteemed decoration, and this week we'll be discussing Take Me Along. Take me along. If you love me. Take me along. If you love me. Take me along. I love you, baby dear, and you know I always will. My, My heart will ride high and glorious far above the throne. If you will take me along with you. Take me along if you love for me. Take me along if you love for me. Take me along. Your little beauty, but the Navy is my duty. My lips will sing something jubilant, sweet and clear and strong. If you will take me along with you. But first, how are we doing? I hope this episode of The Musical Man finds you well. I want to speak to those of you who may have had a physically demanding week leading up to this episode. Were you in the trenches physically over the last few days? Well, I my hope is that you can lie back, relax, and have a moment of peace as you listen to this episode. Please give yourself the gift of lying back and allowing your body Body to just sink. Sink into a bed or a couch. Get cozy for the sake of this episode. I want nothing less for you. I want you to be oh so rosy cozy. Yes, okay, so I have a follow-up and then I have a bit of a bit of information for a new friend of mine. Alright, I would like to start with the follow-up. Patty, Benny, you're here with me. Does that sound good to you? Yes, I am getting nods of affirmation, which is what I need. So Joseph Stein. He is the author of the book of Fiddler on the Roof. He wrote the book for our last main feed subject, yes? Well, he also apparently wrote the narration for the album Herschel Bernardi Sings Fiddler on the Roof. I did not realize that when I was talking about that album. At the time, I found that narration to be very strange. I thought to myself, who in the world wrote this? Well, as it turns out, it was Joseph Stein. <laughs> <laughs> so they went with a legit source. Still weird. I still find that the material itself was a little strange and off-putting. I don't like the excision, the erasure of certain details from the original material. Joseph, I don't know what your goal was there, but I don't know. I thought it was strange. And I would now like to talk to my new friend. I made an architect friend. Ah, while watching six. Yes, I don't know why I'm struggling here. So our most recent Broadway in Chicago episode, which was about six. You can access that via patreon.com slash musicalmanpod. I made a friend who was an architect, and she was trying to remember the name of a play she saw a few years back on the West End. I believe the name of that Matthew Broderick play is The Starry Messenger. So, architect friend, if you are listening, I never caught your name, but you seemed interested in listening to the show. So, I hope that this is a nice reward 
for uh, for trying us out. I hope you stick with us. I hope that you do. It is now time to provide the show facts for our latest subject, Take Me Along. Show me the show facts. Okay, let's do it. Take Me Along was a 1960 nominee for the Tony Award for Best Musical. It opened on October 22nd, 1959 at the Schubert Theater and ran for 448 performances. The book was written by, hello again, Joseph Stein. Joseph, you're all over the place, my goodness, but he was not the only author of this book. He was in, he was working in collaboration with, I should say, Robert Russell, who also wrote the book for Flora the Red Menace. We have music and lyrics from Bob Merrill. Bob, hello, Bob. Take Me Along is based on the 1933 Eugene O'Neill play, Ah, Wilderness, which ran on Broadway for 289 performances. The play was popular, very popular, as evidenced by the fact that it was adapted several times prior to the development of this week's subject. There was, for example, the 1935 film version of Ah, Wilderness, which starred Mickey Rooney, the 1948 movie musical Summer Holiday, which starred Gloria DeHaven and Mickey Rooney, and in the intervening period, Orson Welles and the Campbell Playhouse produced a radio special which starred Mickey Rooney. I'm kidding. (laughs) I'm kidding. He was not the star of the radio special. That was Orson Welles. Shocker. But Mickey did, Mickey, Mickey did star in both of the movies I mentioned just a moment ago. You can trust me on that. You can take that to the bank. The director of the original Broadway production of Take Me Along was Peter Glenville, musical director Lehman Engel, orchestrations Philip J. Lang, choreographer Ona White, scenic design. Well, we have a production design by credit, and that goes to none other than Oliver Smith. Hello, Oliver. Design, Gene Rosenthal. I recognize that name. Hello again, Gene. Sound design, N.A. No, no, no sound design. Costume design, Miles White. And the original Broadway cast included, this is a highlights version of the cast. We do not have every single person here, okay? We will begin with Jackie Gleason, who many people will know as Minnesota Fats from The Hustler. Ralph Cramden from The Honeymooners. Buford T. Justice from Smokey and the Bandit. And maybe to a far greater far lesser extent, I should say, Fargo Gondorf in The Sting 2. (laughs) Oh, Jackie. This was Gleason's final turn on the Great White Way, following his appearances in Along Fifth Avenue, Follow the Girls, Artists and Models of 1943, and Keep Off the Grass. Who else do we have in this cast? Well, we have Eileen Hurley, we have Walter Pigeon, who some might know as Dr. Morbius from Forbidden Planet, or Florence Ziegfeld from Funny Girl. Hello, Funny Girl the movie. We have Una Merkel, who you might know as Lorraine Fleming from 42nd Street, the movie, or Verbena in The Parent Trap, the 1962 version of The Parent Trap, I should say. We have Robert Morris in this cast. Hello, Robert. He appeared in a former subject of the podcast, namely Sugar. He was in the cast of Sugar. He also appeared in The Matchmaker, the 1958 film version of The Matchmaker. He was Barnaby Tucker in that film. He was J. Pierpont Finch in How to Succeed in Business Without Really Trying, the movie. He was Bertram Cooper in Mad Men. And I love this credit from his IMDb page. He was Santa Claus in around 10 episodes, I want to say. 10 episodes of Teen Titans Go. So there you are. What a career. We have Charles Belender. I only mention Charles because the Internet Broadway Database cites his part in Take Me Along as the Beardsley Dwarf. The Beardsley Dwarf. That's B-E-A-R-D-S-L-E-Y. Beardsley. The Beardsley Dwarf. Belender never appeared on Broadway again. 
Sorry, sorry, Charles, I don't know what to tell you. And rounding out this cast, we have Peter Conlow, James Cresson, Arlene Galanka, Luke Halpin, Susan Lukey, Lucky, I don't know, I apologize, Fred Miller, and finally, Z Me North. Z Me North, I don't know, I apologize. Again, I apologize. Tony Knotts, all right, so take me along, won the Tony Award for Best Actor in a Musical, Jackie Gleason. It was additionally nominated for Best Musical, of course, but also Best Actor in a Musical, Robert Morris, Best Actor in a Musical, Walter Pidgeon, that's right, three Best Actor nominations for one show, my God, Best Actress in a Musical, Eileen Hurley, Best Costume Design, Miles White, Best Choreography, Ona White, Best Direction of a Musical, Peter Glenville, Best Conductor and Musical Director, Lehman Engel, and Best Stage Technician, I don't believe we have ever come across this Tony category before, but we have a Best Stage Technician nomination, and that went to Al Alloy, he was an electrician on the production. So, 10 nominations in total for Take Me Along. One award at the end of the evening. Let's talk about the plot of Take Me Along. Huh? 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 Centerville, Connecticut, 1910. As the curtain rises, the people of Centerville are celebrating one of their own. Newspaper man and all-around good guy, Nat Miller. Nat has just won a brand new fire engine for the town. It is a splendid accomplishment, to be sure, but he can't help but wonder if his neighbors are going a little overboard with their praise. Nat's family assures him there is nothing to worry about. You are a hero, Nat Miller. You are like a god to us, greater than the god we read about in our little Bibles. God trembles at the very thought of you. A quick breakdown of the Miller family tree. We have Nat Miller, of course, but we also have Essie, Nat's wife, Sid, Essie's brother, and by extension, Nat's brother-in-law, Lily, Nat's sister, and Arthur and Richard, Nat's sons. Arthur is currently away at Yale. Richard is still living in Centerville, and the boy is dead set on woo-woo-wooing a gal by the name of Muriel Maycomer. When Muriel's father overhears Richard seducing his little girl with Classic poetry, classic literature. The old man blows his top. He kicks Richard to the curb, confines Muriel to her room, and pulls a highly expensive advertisement from Nat's newspaper. Yay, gods! Oh, shit. <laughs> I forgot about Tommy. Nat has three sons, Arthur, Richard, and little Tommy. I'm a horrible person. How could I forget about little Tommy Miller? I'm a shiftless, brainless miscreant who deserves to eat fried worms. Centerville is thrown into a frenzy, in a good way, when the eminently popular Sid Davis comes to town. You remember Sid, Essie's brother. You remember Essie, Nat's wife. You remember Nat. He won the fucking fire engine. Keep up. Ah, catch up, hamburger. Lily wants to marry Sid. She wants to marry Sid. You remember Lily. Lily, Nat's sister. Lily does not believe Sid will ever settle down, but Essie vows to help her sister-in-law snatch him. Snatch him up is what they'll do. I have no idea why Essie, Nat's wife, is so invested in Lily, Nat's sister, getting together with Sid, Essie's brother, her own brother. Seems incestuous, but what do I know? Mr. Maycomber confronts Nat over the incident involving their children. Nat, believing Richard can do no wrong, sends Mr. Maycomber packing. Fuck you. Eat me. Eat shit. Eat crow. You old bag of broken light bulbs. Fuck off. Lily is astonished when Sid asks her to marry him. Ah! 
Why is she so taken aback? Well, the thing about Sid is that he is constantly popping the question, but he's also drunk 23 hours out of the day, so the proposal never means much. Ah, but on this day, on this day, Sid is sober. Ah, he's dry as a bone. And he vows to remain sober for the sake of their relationship. I promise to go dry, baby. Smash cut. The Centerville 4th of July picnic, otherwise known as the Volunteer Fire Picnic. I don't fucking know. Richard receives a letter from Muriel, which informs him they can never be together. Richard's buddy, Went invites him to hit up a dive bar so they can forget about their troubles. Never trust a guy named Went. That's my advice. I'm a little lost as to what happens next. Try to understand I'm relying on the guide to musical theater synopsis this week, and that thing is a potbelly wreck. One minute, Richard and Went are going to a dive bar, presumably, and the next minute, Richard is at home, having dinner with his family. Nat and Sid arrive late to the dinner because they were too busy getting plastered at the picnic. Lily is devastated. Essie is scandalized. Richard is embittered. The fire engine is a fire engine. It has no reaction. Beep, beep. That's all it can do. Beep, 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 beep. Act two. Richard, convinced love is nothing more than a scam, a sham, a crock. He takes a trip to the Pleasant Beach House, a festering den of iniquity, where he nearly sleeps with a hussy before falling down a rabbit hole of humiliating, haunting delusions. Ha! A straight-up nightmare ballet is what it is. Richard stumbles into the Miller home in a state of drunken madness, and Sid proceeds to set him straight, because if anyone knows anything about the horrors of drinking, it's Sid. In a shocking twist, Muriel declares she was forced to write her Dear John letter. She does not want to break up with Richard. She loves Richard. The lovers reunite on a beach. That's true, on a beach they reunite. They do, they do. Sid leaves Centerville with Lily by his side. Blah, blah, blah. Happy endings for all. The end. Whatever. Question. How did Nat win the fire engine? How does one win a fire engine? That's two questions, I guess. I'll let those hang in the air. For the purposes of this week's episode of The Musical Man, I listened to the 1959 original Broadway cast album of Take Me Along, and that's it. End of list, okay? Let's talk about... <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That, that's all I had to pull from. That's all. That's all. There are 18 tracks on the original Broadway cast album of Take Me Along. We will be talking about six. Let's begin with, <laughs> let's begin with the opening number, The Parade. This very attractive and thoroughly modern marvelous fire machine. Is ready and set for duty, a little American beauty. Don't play the puzzles, 50 feet of hoses. Two gilded angels holding on to roses. A very attractive, thoroughly modern, marvelous fire machine. We were mad, we were hot and darn mad when the sauerkraut factory burned down. And because of inadequate equipment,
Finally got her, heavens knows that she was needed. The moral is that progress must never be impeded. We thank you for this very attractive modern fire machine. And I thank you for stopping this magnificent parade in front of my home on this glorious fourth. I have never made a public speech before, but as the editor of your paper, I shall continue to campaign for the improvements this town so rightly deserves. Inside plumbing in the town hall, an extra telephone in the police station, and a high fence around the town dump. Oh, okay, so let me get this straight. Nat won the fire engine as a result of an investigative probe, a probe that he spearheaded through his, via his newspaper. Sure, okay, fine, like you do. And the people of Centerville only came to realize they needed a fire engine when the sauerkraut factory was burning down. We were so mad when the sauerkraut factory burned down because it was the only one we had. <laughs> we don't have a spare sauerkraut fa- uh, Look, I get it. You don't have a factory to spare. I understand. Centerville also desperately needs a fence around its dump, according to Nat Miller, because all of the gelatinous rotting refuse and slop is spilling into the streets. Oh no, it's in my dinner. It, it got in my dinner plate, the slop it did. The town hall doesn't have indoor plumbing. I know, it's but it's 1910, I understand. Sounds like a bad town, nonetheless, DBH. I'm sure this is all meant to be funny. I'm sure it's all meant to be quite comedic, but uh, if I may make a suggestion, it perhaps could be funnier. It could be funnier. That would help. I only nitpick when I'm bored, is what I do, folks. I'll tell you what, these opening lyrics, oh boy, they are not doing it for me. This whole thing about this very attractive, the really modern and marvelous fire machine. This very attractive, this very attractive, uh, what? No. <laughs> that is such a painful way to begin. The company is made to say attractive about five or six times, and it stinks. I don't like hearing... <laughs> Is that supposed to be charming? We took this word and we made it sound a little different. Attractive. Huh. Boring. Attractive. Now that's a musical. <laughs> Stop it. Someone in the company is clearly fucking up at around the midpoint of this track, and no one bothered to record another take. This person sings the word she, she is what they sing, with total confidence before being drowned out by the rest of the ensemble, the ensemble that actually knows what to sing. Let's hear just that part again. We thank you for this very attractive modern fire machine. She's the fire forces, easier on the horse. And can we hear it again? So you see what I'm talking about. Hey, dummy, we do not sing She's Ready and Set for Duty, A Little American Beauty. We don't sing that right now. What we are singing right now in this moment is Queen of the Fire Forces, Hazier on the Horses. That's what we're singing right now. Let's now hear from, let's jump to the number, Sid Old Kid. Sid Old Kid. Let's hear that. Well, get a load of all the bottle babies. <laughs> 
What is every choir boy and candy kid in town doing down here at the station? We came down to meet you, Sid. Well, how about that? Welcome home, Sid. Hiya, Clem. How's the haystack Romeo? <laughs> so you missed old Sid since he's been gone, huh? Well, I want to tell you something. I've missed this town, too. What's Waterbury like, Sid? What's Waterbury like? Well, the women are fat in the ankles, and they all kind of droop in the can. And the men are all boobs, you know what I mean? A bushel of roofs, grassy green. They're talking our lingo and telling our jokes and trying to keep track of us. They're 30 miles north and 40 miles west, but they're 50 years in back of us. How are you doing there, Sid? How am I doing? Great, of course. When I left the place, the boss's face looked like it was dipped in trouble. He says to me, how about a 10-buck raise? And I says, how about double? That's the way, Sid. Hey, can you have any fun there, Sid? Well, the life of spotting town's a place called Flanagan's, where I showed those hicks my bag of tricks, and they never saw such hooligans or shenanigans. If you know Sid, you know he did. Yeah, I really rang some bells and set some fires. You bet your shirt you know me, kid. I'm a chicken. About a leg. Listen, town's a cemetery since you went to Waterbury. Good to have you back, you still kid. Hey, get a load of this little caper I pulled up in Waterbury. One day I stop at a coffee shop, but the job is cold and the food is slop. I'm getting set to pay my check and go out. When on the street a tire has a blowout. <laughs> When I hear the pop on the floor, I drop and I grab a hold of a ketchup top. I smear some on my shirt before they spot me. And I'm yelling, holy Moses, someone shot me. If you know Sid, you know he did. And it only was a blow up from a quiver. But I'm yelling, someone shot me in the liver. Did you that's it? Did you that's it? You bet your shirt you know me, kid. We still howl at all the things you did. If you love me. Come and kiss me, kid. This here town's a cemetery since you went to Waterbury. Good to have your back, you still kid. Gay, get a load of this little die-do I pulled up in Waterbury. <laughs> in my hotel, there's a mean old grouch who sleeps all day on the lobby couch. I wait till he's asleep and then I got him. I take his cane and saw some off the bottom. Wow. Now he wakes up with a hell of a snort and he tries to walk, but the cane's too short. He can't imagine why it's getting smaller. But I've convinced him he's just getting taller. Oh, how to describe a number like Sid Old Kid. Sid Old Kid is Kansas City if the point of Kansas City was to make people from Kansas City feel like shit. Keep in mind, Sid is from a town known as Waterbury, Connecticut. Waterbury's not a fictional fucking town made up for the sake of this show. Waterbury, Connecticut is a real place. Real people live there. And Sid, played by Jackie Gleason, is supposed to be, he's this great character. Oh, what a charmer he is. And when they ask him, hey, Sid, what do you think about the people from Waterbury, Connecticut? A real place where real fucking people live? Hey, yeah, he's a real barrel of ass. He says, wow, what's it like back in Waterbury? Well, I'll tell you. The women are all fat and ugly and stupid. Everyone's a goddamn phoebe. And this one time I tricked him. Oh, I tricked him is what I did into thinking I'd been shot. It was a real gas. There was this old man. I chopped off a little fucking inch of his cane and I made him think that he was growing taller. What a stupid idiot. What a fucking idiot. My God, I'm the smartest, most charming man in the world. Bang, bang, bang. I'm relatable. <laughs>
Fuck you. I don't like this guy. I don't think he's funny. And he doesn't get any better. Uh, spoiler alert for that, I suppose. Imagine that, that squeaky little rat. What an evil mind a man must have to make him so suspicious. His little angel with her turned up spout. I'll bet a lump of butter wouldn't melt in her mouth. My son Richard doesn't know the score yet. I'll bet Richard doesn't even know what girls are for yet. I should have taken that macomber by the neck, wiped up the porch with him, dumped him in the grass, punched him in the nose. I'm glad I'm not getting old like that and wind up losing my hold like that. Should the truth be known, he's resentful of the young Cause he's over the hill looking back And his hindsight's all out of whack I'm glad I'm not getting old like that And wind up losing my hold like that The moon has a few new wrinkles He shines a bit more silver now than gold I'm staying young, I'm staying young But everyone around me is growing old When life only rains in sprinkles You've got to gather all your hands can hold I'm staying young, I'm staying young, but everyone around me is growing old. Staying young, okay, staying young is the first of three songs to invoke the moon. In this song, Staying Young, the character Nat Miller sings, quote, The moon has a few new wrinkles, he shines a bit more silver now than gold, quote, and then if you jump to the song, I Get Embarrassed, the character Lily, Lily sings, quote, Soon the moon's ascending, down the street they're mending. Quote, what a lyric, oh boy. And then finally, in the... <laughs> in the number Wint's song, Wint sings, quote, Each hazy huff of a cigarette puff is floating like a purple moon. Quote, you know how the moon hangs in the air like a hazy huff of a cigarette puff? You know. Here's a letter I wrote to dear Bob Merrill. Dear Bob Merrill, enough with the moon. Signed, The Musical Man. It's a short letter. It takes way too long to get to the crux of this song, Staying Young, which sees Nat reckoning with a youthful spirit that does not match his age or his appearance or his surroundings. Quote, I'm staying young, I'm staying young, while everyone around me's growing old. Quote, that is the closest thing Take Me Along has to a genuinely beautiful moment. I really like that moment. The melancholy gave me pause, much like the song Old People Gotta from The Most Happy Fella gave me pause, if you remember that episode from way back when. Growing old and watching others grow old can be, often is, a sad and humbling experience. It's true. It's relatable. Talking about bang, 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 I'm relatable. I actually connected with a character for once in this show. That was the only time I connected with a character. But I'm glad I can hang my hat on something. Lily, will you marry me? Oh, Sid, do you really want to? Tell me why. Tell me why. 
the life is more relaxing, not so overtaxing. Careful or some girl will get you yet. Someone I can sprout with. Sit and work things out with. Someone who can scratch where I can't get. No more running loco. Ginger snaps and cocoa. No more little pastures left to roam. A bull will stop carousing when he knows the cows in, and he's got her waiting right at home. Dusting and the mending, trusting and depending. Did you know that I can build a shelf? Doing for each other things for one another you'd never think of doing for yourself. Holidays are heaven, sleeping past eleven. Could a woman love a man who snores? Could my hair be mussed up? Not all fixed and fussed up. Darling, you can run around in drawers. <gasps> you know how I am. <laughs> I get embarrassed. <laughs> you know how I am. <laughs> how easily I'm Bob Merrill's material and Eileen Hurley's oddly tremulous vocals make I Get Embarrassed seem old-fashioned for 1959. I know the show is a throwback. It's set in 1910. I know that. But if it's a throwback, if we are meant to be invoking an older style of musical comedy, we're not doing a very good job. It's like we have gone back in time to witness a deleted bad sequence from The Boyfriend or No No Nanette. You know, the good old days when songs didn't have to be about anything other than a single personality trait. She gets embarrassed. That's it. That's all. We have no further insight. Nothing deeper. Don't look. Don't look at our pockets. We don't have anything hidden up there. Hidden in there or up our sleeves. At one point in this song, Lily sings, A bride you can nest with. Get things off your chest with. To which Sid responds, I can quit the Chinaman for shirts. <laughs> what? I I know this is a show from 1959 that is set itself in 1910. There are more than a few layers preventing me from getting to the core of this joke. I can quit the Chinamen for shirts. What what are you talking about? Impenetrable, impenetrable. Lily continues to sing about her hair. You might have you might remember her singing about her hair in the clip we just provided. Lily continues to sing about her hair in her very next number, which comes right after I get embarrassed. The name of that number is We're Home. We're not going to be hearing anything from that song today, but I just want you to I want you to know. I, I need you to know that Lily is obsessed with her hair because these characters 
characters have so little interiority, they inevitably repeat themselves. They have very little to talk about, and so they circle back to the top of the list is what they do. It's disconcerting. Like listening to a mannequin imitate a flesh and blood human, someone with a soul. Oh, it would be so nice to be married and never have to worry about my hair. Yes, Lily, dear. Ah, <laughs> we get it. As you have said on several occasions, you want to put down the knife, maybe? You ever been to the Pleasant Beach House, kid? Well, take it from me, it's still the Passion Palace of Connecticut. It has the scent of the Orient, the throbbing of a thousand passions. Each hazy huff of a cigarette puff is floating like a purple moon. You hear a strain like silver rain, the trickle of a woman's tears. Then we walk in and say, two beers. Like a slave, you start to crave a journey to the rare exotic. Then each in pairs climbs up the stairs where passion is a strange narcotic. The lamps of love keep burning till the flames are tiny trickles. Then we meet for franks and pickles. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Uh, never trust a song if the title of that song is character name plus song. Ah, I don't like that format for a song title. Some examples from the musical theater canon. Barrett's song from Titanic. Bella's song from Rags. Fauna's song from Pipe Dream. Gooch's song from Mame. Grandma's song from Billy Elliot. Guido's song from Nine. Hector's song from The Golden Apple. Herod's song from Jesus Christ Superstar. Hunk's song from Andrew Lloyd Webber's Cinderella. Pitkin's song from On the Town. Snoopy's song from Snoopy. Trina's song from Falsettos. William's song from The Tap Dance Kid. And of course, Wince song from this week's subject. <laughs> I'm not saying these are bad songs. Some of them are great, some of them are bad, some of them fall somewhere in between. Eh? But enough already. Name your song. Give your song a proper name. Wint is singing about the Pleasant Beach House. Eh? You can't call this the Pleasant Beach House? That's perfectly fine. I, I would accept that. Going out with Wint sounds like a real bomb of an experience. Boo, no thanks. We'll get a couple of beers. Uh, we'll get laid uh, and chow down on Franks and pickles. Yeah, there's nothing I like to do more after getting fucked than eating Franks and pickles. Yum, yum, yum in my tum, tum, tum. Yeah, can't wait to fuck some lady while the bedbugs watch. Huh? Sounds like a real gas went. Richard, what kind of a hangover do you have? Do you have the paces, the faintsies, the hot and coldsies? Did you see my green snake? My little green snake? Was he hanging from the ceiling like a fly does? 
Did he brush away a tear and ask where I was? In his heart, he's such a friendly little cuss. Did you see the green man and the tattooed Indian? Now, did you know their names are Muck and Merkel? See, I know that cause I'm in the inner circle. I am one of them, and now you're one of us. Oh, the flying alligators are delightful. I would meet those little fellows in the hall. And when I was in my cups, they'd lick my hands like pups. But the one I miss at twilight most of all is my little green snake in the little blue tree. When my world gets kind of hazy, there's one question drives me crazy. When my little snake gets drunk, does he see me? If you're keeping score, if you're keeping track, <laughs> I should say, Little Green Snake is the final number we'll be talking about today. That's right, the name of the number is Little Green Snake. I, I guess I should be glad it's not called Sid's Song. Eh, this is the sort of number that quite obviously feels incomplete, but makes no case for going on another two to three minutes. You want to pull the ripcord after writing half a song, Bob Merrill? Hey, don't let me stop you. I'm not in your way, okay? I have no desire to hear more about the snakes and the alligators and the Indian... There was an Indian we referenced at one point. His name is like, I, I want to say Mason. Jackie Gleason is supposed to be funny, right? He's a legend? Well, you could have fucking fooled me. That's all I have to say regarding the score for Take Me Along. If you were expecting a deeper analysis of said score, I would suggest you listen to all 18 tracks on that album and then come to me with your intellectual insights. And so now I will hand it over to our fine, fine sponsor, 5678 Coffee. Take it away, 5678. Oh my god, oh my god, I'm so mad at my delivery fellow. Hello, is anyone home? I'm knocking on your door, can you hear me in there? Hello, oh, there you are, thank god. Oh, thank god. Hello, it's me, Tavia the Dairy Man, with your latest delivery. Hello, pissed. Come here a little closer. It's actually me, Harvey, your friendly neighborhood Firestein. <laughs> wink, wink. All right, back into character I go. zippity doo da. What do you need, honey? Rifle through my west. West, we've got butter, of course. Of course, we have butter. We have cheese, oh my god. We have all sorts of cheese for you. Milk, cream, that's on the menu as well. You know what goes well with milk and cream, oh my god, oh my god. Five, six, seven, eight, coffee. Here in Anachevka, you know this. We have a tradition for everything. We have traditions for how to sleep, how to eat, how to wear clothes. Why not start a new tradition? Coffee with your breakfast. I'm a little sweaty. I've been leading my cart because my horse is lame. Here, have some coffee. It's a free sample. The first one's free. But then after that, I'm going to tell you right now, you're going to be hooked. Oh, you're going to want a five, six, seven, eight coffee every day of the week. Oh, I got to go. What am I talking about? I can't. Stand around. I gotta keep moving lots of deliveries to make. Pissed. Come here. It's Harvey again. Don't buy fiddler tickets for the summer. I'm not sure of the dates, okay? But they're bringing in Giuliani to play Laser Wolf. Oh, for like a week and a half. It's gonna be a disaster. 
Oz, Oz, what are you doing over there? I'm gonna give you the stinker. You're giving me the stinker. You're not gonna give me the stinker. Oh, I give you the stinker. Final thoughts regarding Take Me Along. Do I have any? I do. I'm fine. I am fine with corny. All right? Corny is not synonymous. It's not automatically synonymous with empty or useless. Hello, Dolly, for example, is corny, right? It's Daffy and Dippy and Dopey is all get out, but... It's also genuinely funny, exciting, and emotionally affecting because it has good bones. The high quality of the music and the lyrics and the book gave Dolly permission to be corny. It's a free pass is what it is. Corny becomes a superlative in this case. And if Dolly has good bones, Take Me Along is boneless. Boneless is what it is. A floppy, formless thing that gives people good reason to avoid musical theater. So please, for the love of God, do not expose your friends or your family to it. They deserve better. If you're in the market for a musical about a reasonably wealthy early 20th century family with everyday problems, the problems of the privileged, I should say, stick with Meet Me in St. Louis. You'll be much better off. Now, in 1960, the winners, huh? as a reminder of the Tony Award for Best Musical, were The Sound of Music, and Fiorello, and the additional nominees that season were Gypsy, we've talked about Gypsy, and Once Upon a Mattress, haven't talked about that, haven't talked about Fiorello. Ah, here's a question, did Take Me Along deserve to win the Tony Award for Best Musical over The Sound of Music and Fiorello? I don't know, what do you think? What do you think, smarty? What do you... I'm waiting. Do you think it should have won? Based on the clips you heard, do you think Take Me Along deserved to win the Tony Award? I'll let you answer that. You tell me, you tell me, you tell me. It is now time to rank Take Me Along against all of the other musicals we've talked about here on The Musical Man. As always, as a reminder, if you want to check out this ranking of ours, go to twitter.com slash musicalmanpod, access our link tree via that page. You can find our spreadsheet. The second tab of that spreadsheet will provide all of the ranking information you could ever stand, you little weirdo. I'm going to put Take Me Along at number 108. Very, very low. Very, very low. Its neighbors will be The Happy Time at number 107 and Tootsie at number 109. Get comfortable, Take Me Along, because I don't foresee you going anywhere anytime soon. I have two pieces of show-related ephemera for you this week. We will begin with a United Airlines commercial from circa-ish 19. 1967. Ah, let's play that now, Penny and Benny, if you please. Thank you very much. Can't you take me along? But honey, it's business. It's just a wee. Be back before you know it. along on United, we'll give you up to one-third off her fare, but you charge it with our credit card. And in most cities, you can even get reduced hotel rates on the weekend. We know it's 
foot's a pain in the ass to take your wife anywhere because she's a pain in the ass, but what if we were to foot part of the bill? Would that make you hate your wife less? That seems to be the thrust. The real thrust of this ad campaign. Very, very... <laughs> Very progressive. Michael Cimino, Cimino? I think it's Cimino. Michael Cimino, who you might know as the director of The Deer Hunter, directed several of the ads from this campaign, including this one, I assume. This one has a particularly wild and feverish sense of style and production design. For an otherwise disposable 30-second ad, it actually has a great deal of ambition. That much is undeniable. I would check it out on YouTube. The campaign actually backfired when United Airlines began to send thank you notes to the wives of the men who took advantage of this deal. And as it turns out, several of those men were taking advantage of their wives because they were flying with their mistresses is what they were doing. Now, to be fair, this is a little more than an urban legend that actually predates the campaign. This has been an urban legend for some time, but I thought it was worth noting. I found that to be very funny. And our second of two pieces of show-related ephemera is from The Carol Burnett Show, specifically Season 1, Episode 8. Eight of The Carol Burnett Show, which aired on November 6, 1967. Ah, the same year of the United States, the United Airlines, I should say. Commercial! Can we hear this clip from The Carol Burnett Show? just heard was Carol, Sonny and Cher, and Nanette Fabre singing Take Me Along alongside the Carol Burnett Ensemble. That's what I've chosen to refer to them as. Oh, poor Sonny Bono. He does not know how to dance. He has two left feet is what he does, and he seems, he seems more than a little uncomfortable. Cher is right there by his side the entire time, so I'm sure that she was able to pull him through this, but they're doing very, very simple footwork, and he is... <laughs> he is, he is, he's having trouble is what he is. All right, that's all I have for you in terms of ephemera to determine which show we discuss next. We will need to take a ride on what is known as the musical carousel, otherwise known as the random number generator I named after that classic Rogers and Hammerstein show. Peppermint Patty buys an axe. Everyone ready? Then away we go. The next 
next subject of our main feed will be a 1980 nominee for the Tony Award for Best Musical. This production ran for 1,208 performances. Do you know what it is? I'll tell you what it is. It's Sugar Babies, starring Mickey Rooney. <laughs> what a weird coincidence. I love all of these overlapping coincidences. Okay, so that episode is going to drop April 27th. Go to patreon.com slash musicalmanpod to find out how you can support the show financially. As a reminder, 100% of every monthly payout is donated to the Okra Project. You can donate $1, 3 5 or $10 a month. If you donate $1 a month, let's say, you will get Monday early access to all of these main feed episodes. Everyone else will have to wait until Wednesday. You will get them on Monday, is what you will do. You will also get a verbal shout-out each and every week. Let's do that now. Thank you so much for donating at least $1 a month. Greg, oh, our latest brand new patron. Greg, thank you so much, Greg. Thank you, Andy, Elizabeth, Aaron, Jason, Jack, Vitor, Sydney, Katie, Elena, Anton, Ross, HJG, Jared, Eli, David, Dave, Christopher, Neil, Brian, Robin, Liz, Carrie, Maddie, Jonathan, Marcus, Rob, Shauna, Shiante, Roberto, Jordan, Ashley, Chris, JC, Jenna, Aaron, Lily, Haley, Brandon, Brad, Matt, Zach, and Marisol. You will also gain access as a $1 a month patron. You will gain access to 17 bonus episodes covering the 73rd Annual Tony Awards, a review of the trailer for the film Cats, The Little Mermaid Live, a full review of the film Cats, Emma at Chicago Shakespeare Theater, Take Me to the World, a Sondheim 90th birthday celebration, Hamilton via Disney+, Plus, Documentary Now, Original Cast Album, Co-op, John Mulaney and the Sack Lunch Bunch, Jingle Jangle, A Christmas Journey, Dolly Parton's Christmas on the Square, Arlo the Alligator Boy, a review of the trailer for the film West Side Story, Steven Spielberg's West Side Story, Vivo, the Tony Awards present Broadway's Back, Diana, and Annie Live. We have other bonus episodes planned for the future. Don't you worry about that. We're not stopping at 17. We have a lot of plans for that series. You also get access to season one. That's 12 episodes of Radio Boy, a special series for which I check in with myself via the non-musical theater songs that make me feel more like myself. And finally, as a $1 a month tier donor, you will gain access to all 12 episodes of M3, The Movie Musical Man. This is a special series for which we watch trilogies of movie musicals, three movie musicals in each episode. These movies are tied by common themes. What are those themes? Well, we have the Stone Cold Classic Trilogy. Those are classic movie musicals. The Go-Off Trilogy, movie musicals that are based on off-Broadway shows. The Chevamy Tempest Trilogy. Ah, those are pirate movie musicals. The Toon Trilogy, animated movie musicals. The Holly Jolly Trilogy, Christmas movie musicals. The RNR Trilogy. Does that stand for rest and relaxation? No, baby. No, it stands for rock and roll. Rock and roll movie musicals. The Apocryphal Bio Trilogy. Those are biopics. The Sherman Brothers Trilogy. You can figure that one out. The Ooh La La Trilogy. Those are sexy movie musicals. The Around the World Trilogy. Those are non-English language movie musicals. The Teens Are All Right Trilogy. Those are about young people. Young people stories. Coming of age stories. And finally, our most recent episode was the Mice and Pumpkin Trilogy. That episode was dedicated to adaptations of Cinderella. We will be producing new episodes of M3 starting this fall. All right, fall 2022. So keep your ears open. Let's move on to the $3 a month tier. 
If you donate $3 a month, you get everything I've already described, plus a musical shout-out. This is very special. A musical shout-out in the style of a character, actor, or composer of your choosing. Anyone you want to hear from, we'll make it happen. You get all 10 episodes of Wildcats Everywhere. That's the High School Musical Podcast. We talk about High School Musical, High School Musical, the concert, Extreme Access Pass, High School Musical 2, High School Musical 3, Senior Year, High School Musical China, College Dreams, Sharpay's Fabulous Adventure, and the first season of, of course, High School Musical, The Musical, The Series. And as a $3 a month donor, you also get a special one-off episode about Season 1, the only season, unfortunately, of Julie and the Phantoms. What if you donate $5 a month? You get everything I've already described, plus you get to stop the musical carousel and determine what show I talk about here on the podcast, so long as it was nominated for the Tony Award for Best Musical. You get Seasons 1 and 2, that's 24 episodes of All I Ask of You, a Phantom, oh, an advice show, I should say, hosted by the Phantom of the Opera. And finally, you get access to our Broadway in Chicago review series. That is a special series for which we talk about Broadway in Chicago productions. We have covered Oslo, Mean Girls, Once on this Island, Summer, the Donna Summer Musical, Paradise Square, Oklahoma, Hairspray, Town, and most recently, Six. Our next episode will be released on May 4th, and that will be all about Moulin Rouge. Now, I said that was the last thing in this tier. No, 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 no. There is one more thing from this tier. You get access to volumes one, two, three, and four of Shout About It. These are collections of five, six, seven, eight coffee ads and musical shoutouts from the first 100 episodes of the show. Finally, if you give us, if you donate $10 a month via Patreon, you get everything I've already described, plus exclusive announcements regarding future subjects of the main feed. You get access to season one, 12 episodes of The Snub Club, okay? That show is dedicated to Broadway musicals that were not nominated for the Tony Award for Best Musical. They were snubbed. We talk about Amelie, Merrily We Roll Along, Flahooly, American Psycho, Be More Chill, Jekyll and Hyde, Allegiance, It's a Bird, It's a Plane, It's Superman, The Bridges of Madison County, A Doll's Life, Aida, and Jesus Christ Superstar. We're not done. You also get access to Turn It Off, a series dedicated to off-Broadway musicals. We've already talked about Emojiland, Soft Power, The Fantastics, We Are the Tigers, Bat Boy, A Strange Loop, Songs for a New World, Tick Tick Boom, Dogfight, Giant, and coming April 20th, the next episode episode will be all about a new brain and space dogs. Arf, arf! If you're listening to the show via Apple Podcasts or Podchaser, please take a moment to write a five-star review. We want a total of 60 five-star reviews, and we only have 53. What happens when we get to 60? Maybe you don't know. We'll produce an episode all about the Zombies franchise. Yes, I want to do that, please. Oh, please, 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 let me do it. Let me do it, please, sir, mister. If you're streaming the show, that might be through Spotify, Stitcher, or Audible, or maybe Podbean, musicalmanpod.podbean.com. Follow us on Twitter at musicalmanpod and email me at musicalmanpod at gmail.com. Thank you, as always, to Patty and Benny. My goodness gracious, you never cease to amaze me. Alex Green, thank you for our beautiful logo, and Zach Little, thank you for our fabulous intro and outro music. Ah, you know what that sound means? Yes, just when the fun is starting comes the time for parting. Oh, well. We'll catch up some other time, specifically on the next episode of The Musical Man. So long, farewell, off Venusian, and good night.
have some coffee. It's a free sample. The first one's free. <laughs>